0: Coming up on Art Palace... Armageddon, that's just the absolute worst, because you're not gonna fly up and blow up an asteroid that's coming at us, because then all the pieces are gonna fall to the earth and we're all gonna
1: die. <laughs> Welcome to Art Palace, produced by Cincinnati Art Museum. This is your host, Russell Eyrich. Here at the Art Palace, we meet cool people and then talk to them about art. Today's cool person is Dean Regis from the Cincinnati Observatory.
0: Sculpture that used to be in the front, the very first thing with the zodiac around the top of it. Oh yeah, yeah. It used to be the first thing you mm-hmm. saw, and then uh, from Jordan, once, once you moved that back, I was like, ah,
1: eh, they're off the astronomy thing now. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> Although
0: it was astrology, so I guess we could. That's
1: know. that's true. I'll let, you, not... I'll let you slide on. I mean, do you, do you you don't do horoscopes as well? Uh, I can. I can read <laughs>
0: all sorts of things <laughs> for you. The stars tell me everything. So, <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, I'm actually I I'm already recording. Um, so I I guess I'll go ahead and introduce my guest. This is, uh, Dean Regis, uh, an astronomer from the Cincinnati Observatory. Um, and you might've also seen, uh, him on Stargazers, uh, which, uh, airs here on, uh, WCET, I would assume is probably the channel you probably would catch it on. And, uh, you also have a new book mm-hmm. called Facts from Space. So, um, Dean, uh, we're going to talk a little bit about you, what's going on, and then we're going to head up into the galleries, and I'm going to get your opinion on some artwork. Oh, cool. But, you know, from your perspective Mm -hmm. as an astronomer, I'm I'm curious what you think. So uh, tell me a little bit about the new book. Yeah, so the, the new book, yeah, it's called
0: Facts from Space, and uh, it's, it's kind of like a, a, a kind of souped-up trivia book where uh, you can pick up the book anywhere in the, in the chapters and read a couple facts. They kind of stand alone as facts, so we talk about the planets, we talk about the moon, we talk about the sun, and then we get into stars, constellations, galaxies, and even beyond. to some. Uh, my favorite chapter is the last one called uh, Deep Thoughts About Space, where we talk about kind of unanswered questions uh, based on some facts we know, uh, but it's yeah, it's great for all ages, and yeah, you can you pick it up uh, anywhere, put it down anywhere, and then uh, just start it all up again.
1: Cool, it's a, yeah, it's kind of fun little fun little book. So now now you've got me interested. Uh-huh. What are I mean, I don't want you to spoil the book, you know. But uh, yes. okay, if you can reveal any sort of these unknowns, yeah, like so what's the, what's give, give me a juicy one.
0: Well, some of the deeper thoughts that I like to think about are those, you know, the talks about parallel universes. That uh-huh. that's kind of big now. That people yeah. are talking. There's all these multiverses out there. And so I kind of lay it out logically why that is flawed. Oh, okay. <laughs> There's a logic to this that, uh, you know, we say the universe is everything. Mm-hmm. And so if the universe is everything and we find another universe, it's part of our universe. It's a part of everything. We own it now. That, so there are no other universes. That's all know part universe.
1: of it. <laughs> I don't know. So I'm just
0: being technical and, and, and logical. But uh, but there's that one. There's aliens. If they're aliens, where are you gonna look for them? What's mm-hmm. the most likely places? Uh, <laughs> spoiler: I'd say Europa. But that's something I let people look. So cool. within
1: <laughs> our solar system, specifically, where you're gonna find aliens? Not just yeah.
0: That's a good. That's a tough one because it's it's. This, I've been watching this at a, uh, historically, you know, we have this idea okay, there's aliens, yes, definitely and then we're like, no, there's definitely not aliens and then there's like, okay, there's aliens on Mars we know it, nope, there's not <laughs> and so like they go back and forth and now it's, it's it kind of goes back and forth even faster it's like every few months they're like, okay there's water on Mars, okay, good then there's like these gases that say these have to be from life forms and then people are like, nope, they're not from life forms and uh, so Mars is an interesting situation. This moon of Jupiter called Europa is an interesting place. And I, I don't know. I, I have a feeling that life is maybe a little more uh, more uh, easier to find than we thought at first. But yeah. But th- that's what this century will probably figure out.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I just realized, like, when you threw out Europa, I was just like nodding along, like, yeah, of course. And oh yeah, everybody like, wants to go it, Europa, so. but actually, like. It's funny cuz I, I was, when I was in high school I, I was I was really into um all of the the 2001 books mm-hmm. um by arthur c Clarke, and so europa like is like a pretty big plot point in those so i was just like oh yeah of course yeah well well, that that would be where that it's very
0: yeah of course arthur c Clarke would know that answer i mean that's what's so weird is that he yeah that's where he puts the life forms uh, oh wait
1: spoiler sorry for folks that didn't (laughs) uh, like experienced like (laughs) a, a movie uh and book series from you know 50 years ago going on
0: now. Yeah, but it turns out Europa (laughs) is a good place to be looking for life. And uh, so there's a couple other ones in the solar system that are lesser candidates, but uh, but Mars and Europa, yeah, they're up there. It's going to be interesting to see if we find something there.
1: Yeah. So um, any other, I'm trying to think of any other uh, facts from space or things that you, you think would surprise an average person who, you know...
0: Yeah, I I think a lot of the facts kind of try to take you there, take you to those places to view the sky. So what's the sky look like on Mercury? What's Hmm. what's the, the moons look like if you're on Jupiter? And so, like, Jupiter has, right now, 68 moons. So imagine you're on Jupiter and you look up in the sky and see 68 moons. I mean, mm-hmm. I just try to get people to go there and to fly to Saturn and ride around on these ring particles and uh, uh, and see a Martian sunset and try to explain yeah. what that's like. Because uh, you know, we can't physically go there, but uh, we can take our imaginations there. And that's what got me really excited as a, as a kid when you hear about these missions and so even though you can't fly on these spacecrafts you kind of can go there with them and that's why I kind of uh,
1: that's the the bulk of the book actually is to go to these other places and see what the perspectives are. So you just mentioned, you know, being fascinated by this stuff as a kid. When did you decide to become an astronomer?
0: <laughs> yeah, well, it kind of picked me. That's the thing. I, I didn't uh even think about astronomy as a, as a kid as a as a college, high school, I, I wanted to be a high school history teacher. Really? And that's what my degree is from Xavier, is in uh, history, and I wanted to teach high school history. And then I was started my student teaching, and, and then I thought, okay, maybe I don't want to be a high school history teacher. <laughs> uh, so then I looked for other jobs. I worked at the Cincinnati Parks doing nature ed. And okay. at one of the parks, uh, Burnett Woods by UC, they have a planetarium. And my boss was very excited to see me. He said, Dean, you're going to be running the planetarium. Is, I was like, well, I don't know where anything is. is. Well, you'll be fine. You'll be fine. No problem. You'll and so I had to learn really quickly. Um, and it was just one of those things where I got under the, the dome and they put the stars on the ceiling and I just fell in love with the subject. And so uh, I've learned all I could since then. And uh, hmm. it's been 18 years now
1: since I, that that day I got converted to the stars. Wow. I had no idea. It was just like... I feel like that's how so many people's where they end up stories that will go is that it's not exactly what they ever planned on. It's just kind of like, well, this happened and then, you know... I just decided, oh, yeah, I like this. And you just end up kind of going down these odd paths. Oh, yeah, so.
0: yeah. Well, that's what happens to history majors, because they can't find another job. So. Uh,
1: but... <laughs> and I guess I'm speaking from, like, a fine art major perspective, too. You could say artist, too. Yeah, it's, it's like, yeah, you're like, well, what am I going to do with this fine art degree? Like, you've got you to stretch your definitions a little bit at that point, that's usually. Right.
0: And that's what I, you know, I tried lots of different jobs, and it was, it was one of those things where I knew it immediately. You know, you just, like, you feel like, okay, this mm-hmm. is the place that you know, this is what I like to do this it just it just uh, it's almost like a religious conversion for me that's what it was kind of like it mm-hmm. was like I did these other jobs and they were okay and I thought, okay well I'll be a teacher I'll be a naturalist I'll be a uh, you know various things and then but when that happened it was like nope this is it I knew it I knew it right away this was the cool coolest job how did you
1: get into the TV show? How did that come about? Yeah,
0: so the, the TV show called Stargazers. Uh, so this was something that had been going on for 30 years uh, prior. Uh, it was a guy named Jack Horkheimer that was running it. And I always remember Jack because I was watching like PBS late at night. It's the last thing they showed before the, they went off the air. Yeah. And it's this guy that comes in. He flips through space. He lands on the rings of Saturn. He's swinging <laughs> his legs with these really, really poor graphics. And, <laughs> and I'm like, who is this guy? What's he talking about? He's talking about stars and constellations. Yeah. And he has a toupee. And I'm like, this guy's a little out there. That's for sure. And um, he he passed away in 2010. And it, it just kind of struck me. as like, okay, so this is the kind of stuff that I do is... I, well, I don't sit on the rings of Saturn or anything like that, but I talk about, you know, stars and constellations. And, and the, the, the theme of the show is to get people outside and to view the sky from where they are. Uh, and the shows last about a minute. Uh, there's one minute version and a five minute version that run continuously all week. And uh, so I just made some calls to the, uh, the station and uh, they record in uh, North Miami, Florida. And I said, you know, what are you guys going to do with the show? Is it going to continue? And they're like, well, we're going to try out some new hosts, and uh, we don't really have anybody for next month. You want to come try it out? And that was that. Wow. So, so now it's uh, two hosts. It's myself and uh, another astronomer. His name's James Allberry. He lives in Florida. And so we uh, just every two months we we uh, record two months worth of shows. So, wow. uh, so it's yeah, it's a uh, it's pretty fun. So now I just stand in front of a green screen and pretend <laughs> that we're in space.
1: Wait, you're not really on that hoverboard? Yeah,
0: I know the the graphics I'm, are very convincing. I, I understand. I, yeah, <laughs> I know understand.
1: you're 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 really uh, destroying the magic for me. Dean. I, know, I thought I know, you were flying around in space. Sorry about All those that, times.
0: <laughs> that was one of the the anecdotes one of the the gave me. He said, uh, I said, do you have any like stories about you know, Jack Horkheimer? He said, oh well. I remember this one time Jack was out and this lady came up to him and shook his hand and said, Jack, oh, I'm so glad to see you're safe. I'm so glad to see you're back here on Earth because they just throw you in space all over the place. I'm really worried for you. And he's like, Yes, I'm I'm okay.
1: And I'm sure I'm sure the effects then were even less convincing uh, possibly, yes. than than today. Yeah. 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 Wow. But
0: uh, yeah, so the, the show it's on uh, it's aired all around the country on PBS stations. Uh, so locally, it's on forty eight and fourteen. Uh, so your channel fourteen Think TV they they run yeah. it also.
1: It's probably one of those shows that you know kids have to watch in school too, isn't it? Like I mean, probably some somewhere someone is is. It, is subjected to. you, you know, that's, right. Yeah. that's right. Whether they want class or not, somewhere. they have to. Yeah,
0: <laughs> we hear that a lot of teachers that play these because they're online now, so you okay. can access them. You don't have to wait till midnight to watch yeah. them. And uh, um, so, yeah, teachers show them, and uh, I get I get some fan mail every once in a while, and emails from all around the country. Uh, so, like in Wisconsin, apparently it's it's huge in Wisconsin. Uh, Kansas and Nebraska. They just
1: like, that's where I get a lot of my stuff from for some reason. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I remember a lot of those uh, PBS shows that we would watch in school, and of course, like, it kind of it didn't matter what it was. It was, like, so exciting because you're getting to watch TV in the middle of the day. Yeah. So it always had this, like, ooh, it's special, you know. So I'm sure, too, a lot of, you know, there's some kids out there. It's, like, you're you're, you're the best part of the day. It's, like, ooh, we're going to watch Stargazers now. <laughs> that would be
0: cool. I have to yeah. I have to ask if that's the case. You know, you think, all right, well, they've got so many other things they could be watching. And, uh, uh, like, are these two guys flying through space at all interesting? But uh, apparently a little bit. Like, uh, Yeah. Uh, We have a couple uh, students locally that are like, uh, like their parents called and they said, oh, they saw you on TV again. And I was like, oh, yeah, that's cool. That's cool. I was like, oh, can we come and actually come to the observatory and meet you? I'm like, yeah, of course. I'm always at the (laughs) observatory. Really? You'll be there? I was like, yeah, I'll be there. And I can shake your hand. Like, yeah.
1: So So you've already got like that celebrity status with... uh... Certain yeah, maybe or... with fifth graders. So with fifth far. graders, I'm yeah,
0: fifth graders and and uh, people over eighty. That's pretty much where. I...
1: <laughs> no, no, no.
0: Those are your fan. Base. That's right. That's the fan base. So, yeah. so far, just so. gotta
1: get that. The rest of them, the right in, between, in the middle, there between. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, what you said just a second ago about mm-hmm. the position. You know, look at the stars from where they are. Mm-hmm. Um, it just reminded me about something I didn't realize until I was talking with you another time about that, that the night sky does look different depending on where you are on the planet. Yes. Which seems pretty obvious now to me looking back, but it was just something that I had never considered that if you were in the Southern Hemisphere, you see different constellations, which Mm -hmm. is kind of crazy. Like you just feel like, you know well obviously everyone looks up and sees the same stars but no it's kind of based on where you are yeah it's it's not that the constellations
0: are different configurations like orion is still orion it's just the angles so the farther south you go then orion is upside down and the big dipper if you go really far south you can't even see the big dipper in the southern hemisphere very far south yeah and so yeah you get these these whole new stars and so um uh, so you could, if you kind of picture it, you know, we're living on a globe and as you walk down the globe, then you get to see the stars that were down there. Right. So in Cincinnati, we can only see maybe about, uh, 70% of the sky somewhere around there. Uh, but there's these other, this third of the sky that's down below the horizon. We can't even see. Um, so when you go down to Florida, you can see different stars. Mm-hmm. You go down to South America, see different stars and, um, but the one thing that I do like is that the moon is the moon no matter where you are so you see the same moon anywhere on earth it's the same phase it's the same uh, size all that stuff it just tilted a little bit differently that's all but it's the same moon so whenever you're you know if you're apart from your your loved ones or something I'd be like yeah look up at the moon you just you both look at the same moon at the same time and, uh, and sing somewhere out there exactly, exactly. <laughs>
1: Well, that's that's a good segue into uh, going up to the gallery. So let's head up and look at some celestial artwork. Awesome, sounds good. Okay. We are here now on the third floor of the Cincinnati Art Museum. This is kind of our observatory uh, up oh, yeah. here closer to the heavens. So we've come up as high as we can to look at, to gaze at the stars. And we're actually looking at a piece, uh, contemporary artwork by Anna England called Night Sky Spiral Two. So Dean, I didn't tell you what we were gonna come look at. So you are 100%, uh, this is a surprise for you, but what was your first impression when you walked in and saw it?
0: Well, it's- quite impressive. I like it a lot. There's uh, so many different uh, things going on on it. There's these circles that are arranged in the spiral shape. And each one of the circles looks to me, as an astronomer, to have astronomical things on them. So, uh, she got that one good. I mean, I can actually recognize certain things that are on there as an astronomer. We got a spiral galaxy on one of them. We got some nebulas we got shooting stars like from a uh, meteor shower and so each one of the the circular they look like you know kind of uh, circular black rocks there's this uh
1: waxy whitish features that to me it looks like what you'd see through a telescope actually really mm-hmm. so you've, that's interesting so and in it's interesting because you know that that sounds like in some way some uh very like precision kind of thing but knowing how she makes these that the 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 designs are all created with smoke basically um in the in the firing process that she uses so the black areas are 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 you know where the smoke has touched the clay uh discs and then the white areas are where, you know, something was obscuring it. So uh-huh. like sawdust okay. or d- different things she used to kind of keep the smoke from getting to certain areas. So there's a, it's, it's, a, it's not a super precise method. Mm-hmm. It's a little bit, you know, there's like some experimentation in there um, to create that. But then in a the way, it's kind of. It, I guess that there's not a real precision to the way those things happen. I guess in the universe either. No,
0: no, and and so it's it's kind of uh, the black and white feel of it. You know, the black background with the weight of the the light of uh, the stars or the light of the galaxies or the nebulas And this and really this is, and, and the fact that they're circles. This is kind of like I'm looking through an eyepiece. That's what I, each individual one is uh-huh. like a, a different view of different parts of the. Space Because we get these Hubble telescope pictures with all the colors and the the greens and the reds and the blues. But this shows in black and white. This is pretty much what you would see through some really giant telescopes if you put your eye up to them.
1: And even the arrangement, the spiral, seems to be something you just mentioned, like a spiral galaxy. Something that you do see happening in space, right? That spiral shape.
0: Yeah, I guess if I were uh, thinking, let me see, galaxy-wise... Uh, see, I'm trying to think if this r- reminds me of any certain galaxy. I mean, there's other pictures of two galaxies running into each yeah. other. I guess that's kind of the closest that I'd see to right. this. Right. Um, you know, our Milky Way galaxy would just be one giant spiral. And so this is kind of a, a two spirals. So it could be two galaxies coming <laughs> together, I could say. Um, so I'm not sure if that was intentional, but uh, I like the placement of of some of them. I mean, there's. A couple of them, I would even say, I might venture a guess as to what object they actually are. I can actually see real things that are in space, at least to me. It, it gives me the impression like there's one that looks like the Orion Nebula right there, there's another one that looks like it's called the Ring Nebula, there's one that looks like a galaxy. There are a couple, I'm sorry, as an astronomer, I can't identify. They're, they're probably. Fictional, but that's fine. Uh, <laughs> at least they give you the impression of certain objects in space.
1: Yeah, I don't think she was trying. Probably trying to go for any any actual. Uh yeah. Real places. And uh, I and
0: I am super critical of when people try to put astronomy and art. Really? You know, yeah, because I'm like, nope, that's not right. That's not right. <laughs> it, they should have consulted me first. You know, Maybe there's a little bit of that. But yeah. this, this I'm, I'm, I'm happy with. Uh, it, it passes the Dean test as being oh, at least, uh, at least good. scientifically accurate enough. Uh, to, to, you know, I, I look at it and I like, okay, that's a nebula. I, I can go with that. That looks, and it's beautiful too. That's are there, nebula.
1: are there uh, things that, that come up all the time when you're watching movies that just drive you crazy that people oh, say or, or yeah. TV
0: Oh yeah, it's 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 hard to watch an astronomy movie with me. I mean, it's wait, like, wait, what's an astronomy movie? Well, there's the Martian.
1: There's
0: oh, okay, okay, stellar, okay. Gravity, that kind of stuff. Oh, okay, um,
1: okay. I was like thinking, this there's movies about the you know the torrid lives of astronomers oh, well, there, or something. There, but there should be some of for sure. <laughs> it's very exciting life. But okay, okay. So yeah, so I guess a lot of science fiction basically right, would right. yeah it have. So what were uh, so what were some well, of your beefs with the that?
0: worst ones would be Armageddon. That's just the absolute worst. Because Cause you're not going to fly up and blow up a asteroid that's coming at us. Cause then all the pieces are going to fall to the earth and we're all going to die. <laughs> but anyway, Bruce Willis has got to do something. Right. Um, then there's, a- uh, not the, uh, Oh shoot. But, uh, Apocalypto. That one where the,
1: that was like the, the Mayan, Yes. Um, so he's right about to the... be
0: sacrificed when a solar eclipse happens, and that saves him. Again, sorry, spoiler on this one too late. Anyway, so <laughs> I, think, eclipse... I think we've we've
1: passed the threshold of spoilers for Apocalypto. <laughs> it's cool.
0: So the, the solar eclipse saves him. And then he's running through the jungle that very night, and it's a full moon, which is complete nonsense. Ridiculous. It's a new moon, shouldn't it be anyway. Whatever. <laughs> so it's stuff like that ruins ruins movies for me. So you can't be in the you can't watch one of those movies with me. But it's so funny the <laughs>
1: things that take people out of movies that are are like very particular. I don't probably have a ton of those, but any anything that takes place in an art school oh, yeah. or a, and like a drawing class, I'm very I have the same kind of reaction like. Anything about sort of, like, nude model etiquette. Oh, really? Yeah, they, yeah. They'd because, be like, oh, no, they wouldn't be sitting like that. Or, or Yeah, I mean, one of the things, like, I was watching a movie where where the nude model, who was this, like, hunky guy, like, he took his jeans off, like, in front of everyone. <laughs> and you're like, that's not how it works. Like, they already are naked, and then they have a robe on, and then so, like, the disrobing is a lot less sexy, you know? Yeah. So they just kind of, like, take it on and on. You know, it's not like... So but but you know, you're usually that's the point of having a nude model in a movie is that somebody's gonna be like, Oh, oh, right. oh my right, you know. Yeah. <laughs> and then of course like in real life you're so you know, you're so over it. Like right, there could be right. nothing probably less sexy than than, you know, figure drawing usually by the time you're and you've done so much of it usually. So
0: I always wondered. Well now now the mystique is gone. Thanks
1: yeah <laughs> i thought that's how it was like, and that's oh. that's my that's like my uh you know astronomy and <laughs> movies that drives me crazy but it's really not it doesn't come up that often mm-hmm. so i guess i live a charmed life yep yep yeah <laughs> um well now we're, that was that was a huge diversion but that's what that's what i'm excel in. that's all right um any other thoughts about this um well, yeah, and, and
0: I just like the space. You know, we're on the third floor here. There's a lot of light here. I just, it's. I'm glad this this uh, space is open again, and uh, um, yeah, I always like to see stuff how it rotates around here. And so this uh, was in the the cafe before, and so now it's
1: uh, up here. I think this spot is a really good spot for it. You know what I was just noticing too that is interesting is the the sense of scale mm-hmm. that's happening with this because of the disc changing and the way they're kind of um, organized and it's it's cool because they because they start out it's like with very small discs at the ends of the spirals and then get sort of larger in the middle i don't i don't actually think of those small discs as being literally smaller than any of the oh, other discs okay. i think of them it, it's weird i think of them as a, being like receding in space Ooh, yeah. um and and almost the it gives me this the same way that you know that tiny little star mm-hmm. is this huge, you know, actually this huge ball of you know flaming gas or whatever. Um, <laughs> yeah, they could be. Yeah, they're just farther away, and they right.
0: yeah, You get a little perspective on it. Yeah. Yeah. So cool. it
1: kind of yeah, it brings in that idea of um, yeah, exactly that kind of perspective of space and the um, how enormous it is, but you know how relative it is to our positions as well. Yeah,
0: because all the stars up in the sky are different positions. They just look different sizes based on how bright they are, how close they are, and... uh, what would be really cool is if the artist put some infinitesimally small circle in the very center that we can't see, but, but, but she knew it was there. That would be pretty cool. I'll have to look closely. I'll go up real close. To yeah.
1: It. Well, don't get too close. Right, you'll, right. you'll get oh, yelled the alarm at. Yeah.
0: But anyway, I'm just going to
1: assume that, yeah, she
0: put something really tiny in there. It's microscopic. And, uh, yeah.
1: Yeah. It just keeps going. Yep. All right. Well, thanks for coming uh, and looking at artwork with me today, Dean. Oh, this is fun. Thanks for having me. We'll have to try it again. Sure. Thank you for listening to the very first episode of Art Palace. We hope you'll be inspired to come to the Cincinnati Art Museum and have conversations about the art yourself. General admission to the museum is always free, and now we are also excited to offer free parking. We have a lot of great exhibitions coming up. Kentucky Renaissance, the Lexington Camera Club and its community, opens October 8, 2016 through January first, two 2017. Van Gogh Into the Undergrowth opens October 15th, 2016 through January 8th, 2017. We also have a lot of great programs coming up. You don't want to miss Art After Dark Into the Hallows Night on Friday, October 28th from 5 to 9 p.m. And that same night, we'll be having Van Gogh's Letters, a live performance by Mike Hall and Joshua Steele, and that starts at 8 p.m. For program reservations and more information, visit cincinnatiartmuseum.org. You can follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and even Snapchat. Our theme song is Offrande Musicale by Bacalao. That's Cod in Spanish. Be sure to rate and review us in iTunes. I'm not saying you have to give us five stars, but I'll be your friend. I'm Russell Eyrig, and this has been Art Palace, produced by the Cincinnati Art Museum.